Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I titled this lesson, Healthy Relationships. And this was an area where God really had to grow me. So this is an opportunity for all of us to look at ourselves and ask, can we be better friends to people? Do we need some extra relationships, some more relationships? And can we grow in these areas? So it's, we're going to have a blast. And I was looking at a study. This is from Harvard University. And it really, I think, fits for this lesson. And, and, and here's what it says. In a two, 2021 Harvard study, 36% of Americans of every age group said they are always lonely. This is so huge. This is not lonely once in a while, lonely every now and then. This is every moment of the day. This is every gender, and this is every age group. So we're going junior high, high school. We're going retired and everybody in between, right? That's a lot of people. And then it goes on to read, the numbers in study after study for all levels of loneliness at all ages has jumped from just over 50% to over 60%. So before COVID, it was 50. Now it's over 60. And it's a dilemma in our country. And I really feel the solution is better relationships. That's going to take away loneliness. And in some cases, just relationships, right? So this is also Connect Group Weekend here at Believers. In case you're newer, we have two in a row. Um, Next weekend, I won't talk about it, but you'll still have an opportunity to sign up for one of our many Connect Groups. And uh, this weekend, uh, I I really feel this message will make all of us want to make sure we we create some new relationships also in our life. So when it it comes to connect groups, we we have these at-a-glance ones. I think there's eight or nine that are e-groups, so you can just go online for them. And a ton of others in Borman here in Warren. So uh, on your way out, you'll see these people in light blue shirts. They're Connect Group leaders. You can ask them any questions. They can show you how to find it on your phone. Those of you that are watching online, believers.cc, you can find this there. So we want to talk about this thing called relationships. I think loneliness, the solution is relationships. And you and I, we... Uh, our nation, we follow Europe for anything negative. So if anything negative happening, it always happens in Europe first, no matter what country there. And it's interesting. Here's an example. Um, I remember in the 90s, you know how many people went to church in Europe on a Sunday? 2% of the population. That's a missions field there. And that's why so many missionaries go to European countries. And you know where we were in the 90s? We were like about 70%. Of all Americans were in church on Sunday. Now we're below 50. So it's not a great trend. We're not talking about that today. But Europe always leads. And I thought this was interesting. Great Britain in 2018, this is before COVID, they created a new cabinet position, and it's called the Minister of Loneliness because loneliness there is over 70% of the people, this is before COVID, feel lonely and they're dealing with loneliness. So they created a government position in the cabinet to try to deal with this thing called loneliness. And I really believe the answer is better relationships. There's no place better to meet some people and develop relationships than in a connect group. They're absolutely awesome. So here's my big idea. I want to make you think. 
And, and I want you to think about this as we teach this entire lesson. If you're visiting, this is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. It goes like this. There are people who need you and people that you need. So I want you to think about somewhere out there, there's somebody that needs you desperately because you have something to give them. God's gifted you. You have certain things that they really need. But there are people out there for myself and all of us included that we need them. And I think, again, connect groups, being part of a team here at Believers, that's where God can begin to open some doors and give you some grace to, to meet people or for people to meet you. And we want to talk about that. I, I opened up by saying this is an area where I had to grow. And I'm going to go back about 25 years, and I didn't have any best friends. And my wife was concerned. And she, she does a connect group here every now and then called Crucial Relationships. And those are those tough relationships where you have to literally talk to somebody about something you don't want to talk to them about. And it's a great course if she ever does it again. But she had a crucial relationship with me. And she's like, Joe, you don't have a best friend and you need a best friend. And I said, I've got you, babe. I said, I'm set, man, I'm set. And uh, she said, we are best, because her and I are best friends. But she said, you need someone to be your best friend other than just your wife. I can only give you so much, but you need other best friends. And then I, I just said, I'm good. I'm okay, honey. And so she just wouldn't let me out of it. She just kept pushing. You need a best friend. Then she brought this up. She said, there's a couple guys. They had come into the church as guest ministers. She said, they text you. They call you. And she says, you never return their calls, or you barely return them. You give them a quick answer, and you just give them quick answers everywhere. And she said, uh, they're reaching out to you, and I think they want to be your friend. And I say, I'm good. I'm good, honey. I just don't need any more friends. And she would not get off of it. And I'm so glad she kept pushing me because I didn't have any close friends. And there's times when you need best friends. There's times when you need close friends to help you through tough times. And there were some people out there that needed to put some things into my life that I didn't have. And there were some folks out there that needed me to put some things into their life. So I struggled with that. I don't know why. I grew up with six brothers, and I think I was sufficient just with my siblings. But man, I am so glad my wife pushed me on that. It's changed my life. And, and now I have four core friends uh, or best friends. And we want to talk about that today. So here, here's the three levels of relationship you can have with people. This is what the experts say. We're all going to have casual friends. There's those people we meet in the lobbies. Uh, we know from the office, from work, whatever, uh, our person next door to us. And these are people, they can be unlimited in number, and you have a surface relationship with them. You probably know their name. And they have limited influence on you, and you have limited influence on them because you don't hang out together. You can only influence someone if you hang out with them. And then I like this. The next one is close friends. The experts say we should have five to ten. So begin to ask yourself, am I, am I there? And you spend some time together, and you have slight influence on each other. It's slight, but you do have some because you don't spend enough time together. And they call best friend core friends, and they say we should have three to four, and we spend lots of time together, and we have a very strong influence on each other. And these are the relationships that every person listening to me needs. So some of you are like I was. 
you don't have a best friend. I talk to people in the lobbies after first service, and they just let me know, I don't have a best friend. This was so good for me. They were so thankful that I taught it. And others barely had close friends. And there are people out there that need you, and then there are people that you need. So some of you might say, I'm good. I have three good friends. That's great. But there's someone out there that needs something God's put inside you, something you have to give them. And it reminds me of Jesus. Jesus had all these casual friends. Everybody knew Jesus, right? He fed the 5,000. He did the Sermon on the Mount. But then he had nine close friends. They were 12. They were nine of the 12 disciples. And he was close with them, spent a lot of time with them. But then Jesus had three core friends. It was Peter, James, and John. They were three of the 12 disciples. And they were with him. They were the only ones with him on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's when God allowed the glory of heaven to come on him because that was all hidden. God allowed it to come on him, and they were blown away. And they were with him in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's saying, God, the Father, if this, if this cup can pass, let it pass, but not my will, your will be done. They were the three guys with him. They were there when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. It was just Peter, James, and John. He did things with them, spent time with them that he didn't spend with the other nine disciples. But I love what Galatians says about these three guys. It says they were the pillars of the church. And so Jesus knew, I have to have these core friends that I pour something into. I need to be able to do that. And all of us need people like that in our life, and we need to be that for some folks. So here's my first question. I want to ask you which one of these you are. So ask yourself, which one am I? And then ask yourself, if you do have close and core friends, right? And ladies always have close and core friends. And guys, we struggle a little more with it, at least many men. And, uh, but some ladies do too. So I want you to ask this question. What category do my core and close friends fit into? What category do I fit into? And here's what we're referring to. Are your close and core friends VDPs or VEPs? Which one are you? Well, a VDP means very draining person. So you have to ask, am I a VDP? Am I very draining? When, when people walk away from hanging out with me, do they feel like, I need a shower? Um, this was so negative, you know? Uh, or are you a VEP, which is a very encouraging person? And when people walk away from you, they're like, that was refreshing. That felt really good. Now, understand all of us are going to be VDPs at one time or another, right? There's going to be a day where we're the VDP. We're very draining. And that happens to all of us. And I'll share a story with you. Uh, about four years ago, my mom died in January, which she was 88. So, you know, you, you know that's coming eventually. Um, and then my daughter was married a couple months after. Then my dad died in August. He was 89. But then my other daughter was married uh, in October, I believe it was. And then my mother-in-law died in January or December. And she lived with us for the last seven years of her life. And I was very, very close. She was one of my close friends. And it was like a roller coaster year, death or death, wedding, death, wedding, death. And I remember I came out in January. I was behind stage. It was the 9 a.m. service. And I felt like I hit a brick wall, and I was emotionally depleted. I had nothing. And I, I just prayed, and I said, God, I don't even know how I'm going to minister today. 
my hands were wanting to shake like this. And I'd never had that happen in my life. But I knew it was from what I just went through the year before. And um, I remember texting my three core friends. And I said, I told them the story I just told you. And I said, guys, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so messed up emotionally. I, I don't even know if I can minister. And thankfully, God gave me the grace to do it. But I don't know how I did it that day. But what was so cool, one lived in Texas. He, he texted me back, and he's a pastor. And he said, I'll call you this week, and we'll talk. And then the other one uh, isn't a pastor, but they said, I'll call you, and we'll get together this week. So we got together. And then my other buddy who pastors in Pennsylvania, he, it's John Nuzo, and he pastors um, uh, Victory Family Church in Cranberry. And uh, he texted me between services, and he said, we're going out. Monday. He said, meet me at Nicolini's in Boardman. We're going to have greens and we're going to talk. And so halfway for him, halfway for me, and him and I both loved the greens there. And so uh, we met there to talk, and I was a VDP at the highest level. I just start crying and telling him, I don't know what's going on. I feel so emotional. I, I don't think I have hormones, so it's not hormones. I don't know what it is, you know. And, and I told him, I think it's, the, you know, the events. And he just poured, he was a, a, a VEP. He just poured into me. So every now and then we're going to be VDPs, guys, and that's okay. That's what friends are there for. But we don't want to be that every day, right? And so we want to ask the people close to me, are they VDPs? Are they VEPs? Um, and I'm not asking you to dump any friends. That's not what this is about. Um, you may need to coach them, and we'll talk about that before we close, how to, how to have some of those coaching conversations with people. You may want to try to take them up. And listen, you can't control family, guys. Some of your family are going to be VDPs. They're still your family, so you need to hang out with them, right? They're, they're your family. And uh, maybe you can't hang out with them as much, but uh, they're your family. But I'm talking about those people you can choose to be closest with. Ask yourself, VDPs, VEPs, and we want to look at some of the qualities, and I think this is really, really important. So we're going to talk about four qualities that make you a better, close, and core friends. And these are really important qualities. And, and I examine myself. I'm working on these still. I'm good in all these areas, but I need to, I feel, grow further. So we want to examine ourselves. But then we want to look at those core friends and close friends and say, do they have these qualities? VDP, VEP. What are they, right? And we want to make sure we understand. So the first one's really simple, but really important. And it goes like this. Uh, we want this quality. We need to be cheerful and smile. And smiling is a universal language. It brings barriers down. I, I flew to Texas on Monday. I, I, I wanted to attend a minister conference. I was supposed to, I was, I ministered there on Monday, but I needed to come back early because I wanted to go to a funeral on, um, on Wednesday. So I, didn't, I wasn't able to stay the whole time. But it was crazy getting into an airport where everybody wears a mask and on an airplane where everybody is masked. And I'm not saying what I believe about that. It's just that you can't see anybody's face, right? So I, I was smiling at people. They didn't even know it. And every, everybody's like just walking around. It's, nobody's happy. It's like, and if they are happy, I don't know if they're happy. And it's just really rough on me to be in an atmosphere like that. And uh, I was so glad to get to the minister's conference where I could smile at people and, you know, they could smile back and all that. So smiling's kind of surface. Cheerful's 
the deep one we want. But smiling is important. Do you know that it takes 42 muscles to frown? That's hard. I have a hard time doing it. But, but I can frown on the inside if I let myself. So, and it only takes seven muscles in your face to smile. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. That's pretty good. It only takes, I'm only using seven muscles. But 42 to frown, that's a lot. I think God doesn't want us to frown, right? He made it really tough, and it doesn't come natural. But smiling is so amazing when we smile. And some people just don't know how to smile. Uh, I remember sharing with someone once that, you know, I'm not sure if you're mad at me or not, but you look really upset. I don't know. I feel like you want to slap me because you just don't look happy. And, and they go, I'm really happy. I said, you need to tell your face because <laughs> you're, just, you're just there with a frown. And here's what I discovered. They, they were happy. They're just deep thinkers, and they get so deep into their thought that their face just isn't smiling. They're just thinking about something else. And I was able to help coach them, and now they're one of the best smilers. Uh, that I know. They're really good smilers, right? And here's a great scripture, guys. Proverbs 15, 30. A cheerful look brings joy. That's like a smile to the heart. But here's, here's the cheerful. Uh, good news makes for good health. And I want people after they've been with me, I want them to feel refreshed and I want them to feel good. And we're actually helping their health. And so ask yourself, what what, what, what are you like? What kind of friend are you? Are you smiley? Are you cheerful? And uh, ask yourself, what are my closest friends like? Because we can all grow in that area. Here's one more. D- did you know that experts say when you smile, you're more attractive? It's true. And that's why Southern preachers smile all the time. They say, God loves you, Jesus loves you, and I love you. That's why they do that, man. They're just, they know I look better this way, right? So it actually even makes you more attractive. But man, I, there's some news programs I don't even watch anymore, and the guys are really good. They're really good. But they're so good, by the time I'm done, I, I don't know. I, I, it's like, I don't want to live anymore. <laughs> this, is, this world's really bad. And, and so they're so good, and they give me no, they give me no way out. And it's like, I can't even, I, I feel yucky after I'm with these guys, you know? And they're just doing their job. They're really good at it. But I don't want people to feel that way when they walk away from me. And so I try not to share all the negative things and just try to be cheerful. Here's, here's the second one. We need to be encouraging. That means to fill the heart. And this is something I really needed to learn. So if you've been at Believers any time, you heard me say some things like this. Um, my default is the glass is half empty. That's my default. And I'm a black or white person, and I'm very detailed. And so I feel, I have always felt, I've overcome it, but I've always felt compelled to let people know the truth. I just have to let you know the truth. You have to know the truth. And, and I would just ruin people's days, just really ruin them. And I learned this with my kids because my wife is one of the most encouraging people I've ever met. And I wasn't that way when we got married. And I was pretty good with her. But when the kids came, we had four children. And when they were all born and they're all old, I, I just hadn't learned these skills. And I was so negative with our children. And I do things like this. You know, the house looks like a pigsty. I'd come home from work. This house looks like a pigsty. You guys are a bunch of pigs. And they're like, 
Sorry, Dad. We're just being kids, you know. <laughs> this is what kids do, Dad. You did it too. And, uh, and, and so Gina would pull me aside, so nice, she didn't correct me in front of them. And she'd say, honey, how would you feel if that was done to you? She said, you're going to push them away from you. You're going to make them rebellious. And that was the nice things I said, okay? So there were other things. But uh, nothing... I wasn't cussing at them or anything, but you know what I mean. I was just a pretty negative guy, and she had to coach me up, and it took her a long time to coach me up. But that's how I treated our employees back then. Um, I was nice as I could be, but I would just bring them in, and I would just point the neck, this net, you did this, you didn't do this, you need to do this, what's wrong with you, can't you do this better? And, and my wife helped me understand Joe, you can get the same message across in a nice way, and you can coach people up. So I began to look at the gifts inside people. I began to look at the positive. I really had to work hard at this, but I began to speak to what was inside them. Every now and then, you have to bring something negative up, but I did my best to talk them up. And this is an area some of you don't have to work on. You're like my wife and others. You have to work on it like I did, we, we want to have friends. You've got to have friends that are encouraging. We, we've got to have friends that are cheerful and smile. Here's the next one. And we all need someone like this, I, three or four people. And it goes like this. We need people that are going to be there. They're just going to be there for us. And they say a true friend is the one that walks in when everybody else is walking out. I want to ask you a question. Do you have some people in your life that are like that? They're going to walk in when everybody else is walking out. And I love this proverb, Proverbs 17, 17. And it reads like this. A true friend is always loyal. And that is so true. And we all need some people, especially when we fall, especially when we make big mistakes. We need some people that are going to be there and be loyal to us. So I want to just share a story. I might have shared it five, six years ago. Uh, but it bears repeating, and it has to do with a new friend I had. This is one, a core friend. I made friends with this person. They pastored in town. They pastored a denominational-type church, and we just clicked, and we hit it off, and they were an incredible preacher, just really good. And I woke up one morning, I read the newspaper, and I saw that they were in a car accident, but they ended up in a ditch, and they were drunk, and they didn't pass the test for alcohol. And there was a woman in the front seat, but it wasn't their wife. And so, and their wife wasn't in the back seat. So uh, I saw that. And, you know, as a pastor, I'm, I'm mortified in a sense because I never saw that coming. Uh, so I was mortified, but all I could think is I need to get there. And I didn't, I didn't call. I went to their house, knocked on the door. And they had all, it was really dark, and they're just sitting in a room, a living room, and, and they were so glad to see me. I was so glad I went. And we sat down, and we had a great conversation. And I, I, I tried to break the ice. Like I said, hey, are you allowed to get drunk in your denomination? They said, no, we can drink, but we can't get drunk. I said, oh, okay. Uh, are you allowed to be with other women that you're not married to in a car drinking? And then, no, we're not allowed to do that. And I just tried to have some fun. Uh, and, and you'd have to be there, but they enjoyed it. And, and uh, we had fun together. So I said, obviously, your church is going to let you go. He's, yeah, they're going to let me go. 
And I said, well, don't fight that. Just, it's better to go because you, you got to think about the sheep. And they agreed with me. But I said, I want you to know I'm here for you. I want to pray with you right now. And we prayed a long time. But I said, I want to be here next week and the week after and the week after. And I want you to know there's light at the end of this tunnel. But you're going to have to make some changes, right? And I thought I'd want someone to be there if I had a fall. Even if it was a terrible fall, I'd want someone to be there. And that's what a close friend does. You come and you're there. You're loyal. And do you have some people in your life that you feel would be that way with you? And are, are you that way with other people? It's an area where we can all grow. And this last one is also necessary. And it goes like this. We, we need to be honest. And sometimes this is very difficult to do, to be honest with people. I remember my wife, um, there was a guy, this is probably 20-some years back, and I was a close friend with this person. And they were really doing some annoying things that needed to be dealt with. And she said, and now we're talking a year passes, and Gina just looks at me and says, are you going to have a talk with them? I said, no. She said, how can you not have a talk with them? Because I said, that talk equals five more hours of talking after I have the talk, and then maybe weeks of them making sure I still love them and all this kind of stuff. So that's where I was headed. And she just looked at me and said, I wouldn't want you as a friend. And I said, I know, honey. I, I tell them if there's something on their mouth there while they were eating. But, uh, and, and so I'm just being honest. I'm being transparent. I just, I just thought the work that was going to go into it. But she really helped me. And I realized, you know what? This is what Jesus would do. This is what a true friend would do. And I went ahead and I did that. But uh, in my opinion, it's some of the most awkward conversations you're ever going to have. But boy, do we need people in our life like this. Listen to this. Proverbs 24, 26, an honest answer is a sign of true friendship. And sometimes we just need to speak something into someone's life. And the whole idea is not to humiliate them, but to coach them up, right? To just make sure we coach them up. And we all need some close friends in our life to be able to do that with us. None of us want a stranger or somebody we know casually to come and tell us something that's wrong with us. We're not going to receive that, right? But boy, do we need some close friends. And I just remember one time I had one of my close friends, core friends. Uh, they wanted to talk, and I didn't know it was coming, and we're having coffee. And, 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 and then they, it was a surprise. It was like a surprise attack. And, and I thought we were just hanging out. And they brought something up in my life, and it was the most awkward talk I ever had. And if I wanted to run. I wanted to just go, nah, 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 I can't hear you like I did with my brothers when I was young, right? But they trapped me, and there I am. And part of me knows I need to hear this, and part of me doesn't want to hear it, and it's so awkward. But you know what? That's a person I love. I am devoted to that person because I needed to hear that. I needed that. And I'm so thankful they were brave enough to just bring it up to me, a pastor. They brought it up to me. And this person wasn't a pastor. They brought it up to me, but we were, we were best friends. They brought it up to me, and I needed to hear it. And I will be thankful from now until eternity because I needed that spoken into my lives. And so for some of you that struggle uh, being honest and sharing what needs to be shared with people, it, in the end, it's such a blessing to the person you talk to. And then my big question is, do you have someone in your life that can speak into your life like that? 
Even though it's awkward and we don't really want it, we need it, right? So these are the four qualities. And I want to just do some praying, right, right now. And I, I want God to begin to minister your heart. Remember, this is Connect Group Weekend. So what better place than the casual friends you'll meet in a connect group that you can begin to allow God to open doors for new friendships. But how about this? I believe some of you are called to be leaders of connect groups in the future, and you have something that other people need, and God wants to use you in their lives. But even if you're not a leader and you're in a connect group, there's people you need and people that need you. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for growing me and, of course, continuing to grow me because I have not arrived, Lord, and we both know that. And, and Lord, I thank you for every person in this room, and some are so much more skilled than I am in this area of their life. And others, as they'll you know, share in the lobby with me, are right where I was. And Lord, we know most ladies are good with close friends and most guys struggle. Lord, we just ask you to grow all of us in this area. Lord, help us to coach our friends up, to be honest. Lord, help us to develop these four qualities. And Lord, thank you for bringing people into our lives that we need. And Lord, I pray right now for the people that it's really awkward for them to make new friendships. I pray for them, Lord. And I ask that your grace would come upon them and doors would be opened up. And Lord, I ask you to show all of us somebody that needs us that we can speak into their lives. And I thank you for doing that, Father, in every single one of our lives. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, there's some of you, uh, there's few of you in here. You're like I was. I accepted Christ at 19. And all my friends were my binge drinking buddies and my getting high buddies. And I didn't walk away from them. I just told them I'm not going to binge drink or or get high right anymore. You know, I just said that's, I just want to go a different direction, but I want to be your friends. And you know, all of them walked away from me, but every one of them accepted Christ <laughs> just years later. And so I'm so glad I didn't compromise. And some of you might be in that boat. I'm not telling you to walk away, but you may need to set a standard. And if they drop you, they drop you. But remember this, you're going to be able to bring them to Christ in the future. And there's a few of you that needed to hear that. I didn't say it in first service, but there's a few listening, Boardman Warren online, that that's something you needed to hear. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Lord, grace us in this area of our life. Grow us in this area of our life. Connect us with the right connect groups as we walk out this week and next week, Lord. Show us where we can learn something and where we can connect with incredible people. And heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Before I close this down 100%, maybe you're listening and you're not sure of your forever, your eternity. And that's why Jesus came. And you know, you hear us talk a lot about Jesus here. Jesus is the son of God that always existed, but he came into a human body just so he could die. And he died for the sins of all mankind. They nailed him to a tree. He was buried, spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth, and God raised him from the dead. And Jesus is alive. And he said, whoever believes in me, I will save them and give them the gift of eternal life and wash all their sins away. That's pretty exciting, past, present, and future. So right now, I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or adult. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day 
when you said, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior and I make a decision to follow you. I can't make you do that. Only God can open your heart up to it. Maybe today's the seed. Maybe today's the day you pray and you say, I'm ready, Pastor Joe. And so right now, if you're listening, you say, that's me. I want you to pray with me. The rest of us that know Jesus, we're going to help you pray and just mean this from your heart. Say this after me. Say, Father God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. This day, I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. I accept you this day as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. Give me the grace to follow you and I thank you for it. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. You may not have felt anything, but God just washed all your sins away, gave you the gift of eternal life. Heaven's your future home. God's your father. And you're going to have an amazing time as you go on in God. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.